Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, go through an issue of the Silver Age comic Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen with my teenage daughter, Ella Plum Rowland. And together, we tell you what it's all about. Sure. That's not a bad one. No, it's not the worst one. You've definitely had worse ones. I'm trying to, like, you know, not trail off when I talk about it. So, I would expect that we will be releasing these on a much more regular basis. (laughs) We've got the time now. For the next little little while, at least. Because... Yeah, we're, uh... The apocalypse is happening, apparently. I don't know if the apocalypse is happening. I know people keep throwing around the word apocalypse. There's earthquakes, Australia's still on fire, and all of this. But I will say that, uh, you know, we're dealing with this pandemic and that this whole shelter-in-place or stay-the-freak-home order that has given to us by the governor of California. So we're here, and we have, uh done all the projects that we wanted to do, or at least uh, Ella Plum had a sewing project that she wanted to finish. That's not even the tip of the iceberg for all the projects. I have like three more sewing projects. Well, yeah, but that was the first one that I wanted you, that I wanted you to finish by the, the so that we could, I wanted you to have that in the can before we went on. Yes. So that took a little while, and now it's done, and now here we are talking to you on a podcast. Yes. Hopefully you're using this. This was a great time uh, to listen to our podcast because what are you doing? (laughs) Um, Sure. Sure. Why not? And whatever it is that you're doing, it might be a little bit better if we're there too. Sure. That's what we all feel like we need to do. We need to talk about how we're uh, delivering content and and diversions from the rest of the world for even if it is for a brief period of time yep but enough about me and enough about my daughter uh let's get to the issue shall we sure all right we are in issue number 87 correct it is september of 1965 65 uh and we start as we always start with the cover when did it stop being 64 Nine months before this issue was issued. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, <laughs> I can't ever. I I can't ever keep track of what year it's supposed to be in these. Right. That's why I bring it up. They still dress like it's fifty-five. So. Well, yeah. This is still in a time when large when a large percentage of the population still wore jackets to everything. All right. So, the cover is Jimmy Olsen holding a very large piece of kryptonite yep. over a wasting away Superman. He looks like he's about to faint. And in the background, almost like that this is some kind of skating rink. <laughs> sure, that's... Is a group of people. And how do, who do we know? How do we know what some of these people are? Because there's a, there's a sign... sign. Oh, well, Hasn't one of this, been a good sign in a minute. Yeah. Uh, one of the famous DC signs showing exactly what to everybody what's happening that we have. Uh, so we, it is a convention of the anti-Superman gang. Now, this anti-Superman gang it's is not, not to be confused <laughs> with the anti-Superman gang that was from a few issues back. I forget exactly which issue, but a few issues back, Jimmy ran into the, the, the anti-Superman gang. Yeah. And in this case, 
It's uh, a whole new one. Right. And who is in this? We have Lex Luthor, the <laughs> chief. Cosmic King, who is crime commissioner. Saturn Queen, who's in charge of space raids. Sure. Lightning Lord, who's in charge of espionage. And Brainiac is the director of new crimes. So did they hold elections? I guess so. Are these just the officers? Maybe. Are there more of these people? I'm not sure. But it could be, but like, but that's who the officers are in this. This is the board of the anti-Superman gang. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Jimmy is, so Jimmy has a thing of kryptonite over Superman. He says, tough luck, Superman. Luther and Brainiac want to save you, but they're outvoted. I'll have to kill you with this kryptonite. And so you see how they all voted. Uh, Saturn girl, Saturn queen is saying, uh, thumbs down, death to Superman. And then Cosmic King, Cosmic King yes. says, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cosmic King, <laughs> death. And then Lex Luthor saying, no, spare him. And then Brainiac saying, mercy. And then finally, Lightning Lord saying, bah, finish him off, Olsen. How do we know it's Lightning Lord? There are lightning bolts on his costume. Yep. How do we know Saturn uh, Saturn Queen is Saturn Queen? She is. She has a big Saturn on her chest. Yep. So the only one. And so how do we know Cosmic? He's wearing a space suit. Right. Although I, there's no uh, crown on him. Correct. It would be weird. It would be but interesting. But Saturn Queen doesn't have a crown either. That's true. All right, so uh, in the bottom it says, Witness the execution of Superman in the Arena of Doom. Which brings us to our first story. Now, this story is a continuation of the last story. Which happened like 20 years ago. Right. Uh, as you may remember in issue 86, in the end of the issue, in the last story of the last issue, it was a story in which Jimmy Olsen had suffered some severe head injury and was dying and pretty much dead. And Brainiac was like, I'll save him. Right. And But Brainiac tricked Superman by giving Jimmy Olsen a Brainiac brain and he then became Brainiac's pal Jimmy Olsen and was in the process of setting a trap for Superman. So then that brings us to this story. That's pretty much everything that you need to know to set yourself up for this story. Yep. Would you, would you agree? Probably. All right. So, uh, Superman pal Jimmy Olsen. They say almost everyone has a breaking point, a point beyond which terrible pressures can cause the victim to sacrifice everything that is precious to him for the sake of his own survival. Jimmy Olsen, pal of Superman, could have sworn the Man of Steel would never yield to any sinister pressures. But that was before Jimmy became a helpless pawn of the universe's worst villains and saw Superman begging like a craven coward for his life in the arena of doom. And so we see basically another version of the image from the cover with Superman saying, no, Superman, you can't be that cowardly. And then Superman <laughs> saying, shut up, Jimmy. It's my life at stake. Do you hear me, Brainiac? If you get these villains to spare my life, I'll betray the whereabouts of the hidden bottle of Candor to you. Destroy Candor if you want, but please let me live. Please. Please. I think that's the first time we've ever seen the phrase, shut up. It's true. Like, he called him an idiot once. I always forget how, like, those were considered seriously, like, incredibly, like, you gasp when you hear them rude phrases at one point. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, they can't call him an S-head. <laughs> Jimmy, you a-hole! These are children's comics. Exactly. Um. Exactly. So, our story continues where Jimmy left off, and where we left off, 
Jimmy and Brainiac. In the outskirts of Metropolis. Right. And Brainiac has become invisible, and Jimmy hit the uh, signal on his signal watch. And so Superman arrives on the scene. Now, remember, at this time, Jimmy has a Brainiac brain and is actually the friend of Brainiac. Not necessarily, I don't know, like, I want to say, like, not necessarily evil by definition, just... Doing whatever Brainiac tells him to do. Yeah. He's a pawn. He's a pawn. He's often a pawn. So, Jimmy hits the thing, Superman shows up and goes, what's wrong, Jimmy? You sent a distress signal for me. And so, so the first thing that happens is uh, his, uh, the invisible Brainiac says that the Doomomat... Yes. Doomomat is attracting space bats to Earth. Space bats. With their matter-dissolving rays. I have never heard of these things ever before. Space bats. Um, So the space bats show up and they they use their matter-blasting rays against Superman. Superman, nothing happens to him and uh, throws them all back into space. And then he's like, Jimmy, how could you? (laughs) And, uh, right, and so, and then so we find out that Jimmy is like, this is all a trap. And from the, uh, from the invisible world, we hear Brainiac saying, Behold, the vengeance of Brainiac. You rescued the city of Kandor from me years ago after I stole it from the planet Krypton and reduced it to miniature size. So I stole your best friend. Right. <laughs> so, uh, he, so then he gave, uh, Jimmy a computer brain. Basically, he let him know, uh, what the deal is. Yes. But then Superman uses his super hearing to figure out that Brainiac is, in fact, a robot. Right. I guess up until this point, he didn't know that Brainiac was a robot. He just thought he was a guy <laughs> with weird things on his head. And green skin. Right. Now, this is the Brainiac. The Silver Age Brainiac had these... He was green, and he had these weird electrodes on his head. Later incarnations of uh, Brainiac don't... Uh, don't reflect this. So, but this is the classic Brainiac. Yes. So the invisible ability wears off on the Brainiac because Superman like makes a machine and like puts him out. Right. And so Jimmy. So then Super, uh, Brainiac makes him a proposition and says, uh, "Let me go now, and I'll transplant Olsen's brain back into his body. I won't kill him unless you force me to. But we, you must leave immediately. Is that a deal?" So, it is a deal. Superman really shouldn't be negotiating with these people. No. We all know that people shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. And he is a robot-based terrorist. And supervillains. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess supervillains by nature are terrorists. In a manner of speaking, yes. So, so Brainiac then says, uh, My 12th order computer brain has enabled me to repair Olsen's brain which is damaged in a recent accident. I've removed his computer brain and restored his human ray. Next, I'll use my two ray to heal the incision in minutes. But while he's healing, Brainiac calls his friends. Luther, who happens to be on the planet Lexor. He has friends! Yay! And so they... He summons all of the anti-Superman gang and is like, Okay, so I can't control him now. But Saturn Queen, you have hypnosis, so you can, so you make him get Candor. So Jimmy Olsen then walks into the Fortress of Solitude 
and tries to look for the thing of Candor, but it's not there. So he finds Kryptonite instead. Right. He's like, we'll use this to get him. Um, but Olsen, uh, you know, is still under the, uh, the, the power of Saturn Girl. Saturn Queen. Saturn Queen, Saturn sorry. Saturn Girl is in the League of Legion of Superheroes. Yes, that's true. I, I'm guessing that, that she, that Saturn Girl is related, is a direct descendant, much like Brainiac 5 is. So are they all just like great, 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 great grandchildren of villains? Yes, who are trying to make up for what ancestors did in the past. Alright, so now, so now they're in basically a gladiator arena in the middle of the desert. And so it is a convention of the Superman gang. All five of them. Which they later call the Cosmic Anti-Superman Gang. That's to distinguish themselves from the, the ones with the criminals. This, <laughs> is the, this is the Cosmic Anti-Superman Gang. Why don't they just, like, team up? I don't know. Maybe they do at some point. We won't know. Or maybe, like, that's, like, the human auxiliary of the Cosmic super Anti-Superman Gang. <sighs> So, either way, they make Jimmy summon right. um, Superman. So, and Jimmy summons Superman. He shows up. There's the kryptonite. And then... He's like, oh, no. Right. He's like, Brainiac, you lied. You said you wouldn't kill him. And then Brainiac was like, no, I said I wouldn't kill him unless you made me. And now you've made me. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So, Superman's pretty much got... Is in trouble. And uh, he then makes a quick deal with... Each and every one of them. With each and every one of them. Uh, so first, Lex Luthor says, I will make you... Uh, it's like, tells Lex Luthor, I will give you the planet-crushing stuff that the Kryptonians have. He gets the weapons. Um, I will tell Brainiac where Kandor will be. I'll give a ray gun. An oblivion ray to to the Cosmic King. Eternal youth to the Saturn Queen. Can he do that? I don't know. I don't think he can. And uh, for, and he will transform Lightning Lord's electricity into nuclear power. I think that's like one of the two things that he can't do. You know, what? yeah, the eternal life and the, the, the transforming power into nuclear power, I'm not exactly sure how he would do that. Those are like the only two things in the universe that he can't actually do. The other stuff is just... Like stuff I've got that I will give to you. Yeah. And so, um, unfortunately, so those three, so Cosmic King, Saturn Girl, and Lightning Lord are like, no chance. <laughs> You're going to die. And then Brainiac's like, I'll give anyone who votes with me a super brain. And so Lex Luthor's like, yeah, I'll take a super brain. And everybody's like, the other, the other three are like, nope. He dies. We still want him dead. He dies. It's better that we, that he dies. Have fun being smart. That's right. We want him dead. You keep being smart. We'll be dumb. <laughs> and then we'll be done with Superman. We prefer to have Superman dead and us be dumb than for <laughs> Superman to be alive and for us to be smart. Yes. Uh, which I'd have to agree with. Yeah. Because if Brainiac were so smart, he'd be able to undo Superman by now, but he hasn't. Yeah. So he can't be that smart. No. So Jimmy puts down the kryptonite rock. So they vote in the style of like the Roman gladiatorness, where they do the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Right. But they're also like heckling him the entire time. And so it's three to two in favor of killing Superman. Right. And so he dies. Right. The end. Superman has been defeated. There is no, no logical point on which we can move on. Right. But ho! But ho! <laughs> What? <laughs> Nothing. 
But ho! Jimmy is like mourning his friend and also saying like he died like a coward because he was begging for his life and going to give away all this stuff. And suddenly and without warning, a series of dazzling rays engulfs the jury of arch villains and simultaneously bubbles. Right. And so they're all trapped in these bubbles, which is which is hooked by a line, like a big giant pearl necklace. In fact, it is called, they are called, in fact, uh, that's a fact, Jimmy, their super abilities are nullified by the force pearls. Bubbles. So Superman knew, this is, this is one of those classic stories where uh, Jimmy, it looks like Jimmy's doing something and Superman has anticipated the problem and has set up, set it up so that he doesn't have to, so that he isn't ever really in danger and that's that. Yep. And so, uh, 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 and so Brainiac's like, well, then where is the city of Kandor? I bet it's not even on Earth. And he's, he's like, like, no, it no, is. It is. It's right here. In the fake kryptonite, which supposedly killed him. And, uh, and then they launch the pearls into space. Right. And then we're done. Right. They've gone back to space prison. They weren't in space prison to begin with. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Lex Luthor, I How guess. How else would they all just be, like, out and about? Lex Luthor got his own planet? I'm yeah, going to have to say that that's true. I guess. Why not? He had to have. I don't know exactly. I don't know the story behind that, but. Is this when he's still, like, a mad scientist or is he a business person no, at no. this point? No, no. He doesn't become a business person until the 80s. Okay. He becomes a, he is a mad scientist all the way up until like the mid 80s. So I was about to be like, well, he is the best at capitalism on the entire planet. Right. But, but no. no, he's not. He's not doing that at this point. Right. Uh, so then we have a Tootsie Pop, a, a, a uh, optical illusion Tootsie Pop where you uh, there's a Tootsie Pop and a Tootsie Roll and you put your nose on it and then they come together and you realize that there's Tootsie Roll inside of Tootsie Pop. Yep. Which then brings us to our second story. Dad's favorite. Did you want to read? I'll read it. This one? Well, don't you want to read it? Yeah, I kind of do. Okay. Okay. So, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. No, you haven't flipped. This is what actually happened one day in Metropolis when reporter Jimmy Olsen decided to help out his goofy, imperfect, bizarro duplicate. So set, so get set for the kookiest Jimmy Olsen tale of them all. When the red-haired reporter sets on the popular hullabashing television show and masquerading as Bizarro Jimmy, rock and roll star. What's a hullabashing? I believe it is, ta- it is a takeoff on the show Hullabaloo. Yes. Which was just a show that was all about teens. Yeah, I wanted to say Hullabaloo when I read it the first time, but you know, right. that's, that's not what the... Right, so that Hullabaloo is uh, probably... That rolls off the tongue easier than Hullabashin. Right, and so Hullabaloo is probably also copyrighted, so they were like, we can't can't do that. Which is weird, because it's just turned into like a phrase now. Right, right. Well, I think it, they're all, it always was a phrase. Okay. It always was a colloquialism, but like this would be another TV show that was called... You couldn't have another TV show that was called Hullabaloo. Fair. So this is Hullabashin. So we see in the background a Beatles-like group of gentlemen, but in the foreground we see somebody dressed similarly in the Beatles suit 
and a beetle wig. But upside down. Upside down, on his head, balancing perfectly on his head, playing a guitar. Well, kind of doing like a jig with his feet in the air. Saying, please hate me, little girl, tell me. Then me happy, little girl. Me sad, you so ugly, little girl. Me glad. Oh, me glad, you so ugly, little girl. And then one of the girls in the crowd says, it's a bizarro monster. And then uh, another girl saying, since bizarros do everything backward, he's performing while standing on his head. How's she know about that? I don't know. Uh, it's just, uh, basically, that is the is equivalent. Is That is the equivalent of a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, back, so we start on the bizarro world. You know, on the bizarro world where... It's a square. It's square. Everything is, all the buildings lean. Uh, garbage... Gets delivered gets to delivered you. delivered to you. In a boxing match, the boxers stand in the middle of the ring while everybody else fights. <laughs> How great would that be to see? I'm sorry, but like... Basically, everything is basically kind of like a Yakov Smirnoff routine. I want to... Whereas like... So in... Uh, he flips... He, he In Yakov Smirnoff, he was from Russia. His thing was he grew up in communist Russia and... Uh, he would say, oh, God, like it was always he always would generally flip premises and say, you can't go to the police. Police come to you <laughs> and things like that. So um, we go to the offices of the Daily Hatre, which is Earth. They didn't want to call it the 10 out planet backwards, but they called it the Heritage. And, you know, because that's so much easier. To right. Say. And uh, Perry White is given a. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, the business, and says uh, he's got to he's got to get a scoop. <laughs> Circulation's going up. That's not that's not allowed. He's going to get promoted if circulation doesn't go down soon. Right, and so because this is a bizarre world, that is a terrible thing to have happen. That's a threat. And so Jimmy's like, "Oh, I got to go get a scoop. Me, I'm got to go get scoop." So Bizarro then goes, "All right, me need help. I am going to go to Earth." to Earth, and I'm going to go visit Jimmy Olsen, my bizarro compatriot. Why? Who knows? And... Because uh, they're friends! Jimmy Olsen is watching Hullabashing, and then Jimmy Olsen Bizarro comes in and kicks in G- Jimmy's TV to say hello. And Jimmy's like, what? No! Why? What? <laughs> what did I do for this to what? happen? been a good person? Well, not when you threatened to kill your girlfriend. Um, so, Bizarro then goes, okay, so he gives him the sort of the deal, like, you need a scoop. And he's like, I got an idea. He's like, let's go on the Hullabashin show. We'll go as you go in and you become the rock and roll Bizarro. And it'll be terrible. And you will talk about how you are a big flop and that'll be a big scalp. That'll be a big scoop. And then everything you will can be keep your job. Right. Then you'll keep your job because that'll be a scoop. And so Bizarro Jimmy says this um terrible idea, which, of course, means this is a great idea. Uh, and so Bizarro Jimmy decides Jimmy am disguising himself. Oh, right, 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 right. So the, the important thing is that Jimmy Olsen is going to come in disguised as Bizarro so that Bizarro Jimmy can write, actually write the article. So, but Bizarro is like, okay, so Jimmy, um, disguising himself as me, uh... Why do you keep reading it as, um... I don't know. It's am. Am. 
Jimmy M disguising himself as me, him going, him doing me favor. So me put Ron rubber mask and gloves. Me disguise myself as him and do Jimmy big favor in return. Yes. Oh, God. So Jimmy then comes in. I guess Bizarro Jimmy then comes in. Is that Bizarro Jimmy? No, that's not Bizarro Jimmy. So that's re- that's real Jimmy going in and talking to the dude in charge of the show to clear it beforehand. Right. He talks to Mr. Hullabashin and tells him what's going to happen. And Mr. Hullabashin says, this is a great idea. I love it. Just go to it. So he comes in and he's like, this is going to be big ratings for me because it's crazy and it'll be unexpected. So meanwhile... On the Hullabashin show is Eddie and the Schemers. Okay. And uh, singing, and when you kiss, you never miss my twitching lips. Yeah! And the girls are going, squeeze! Eddie and the Schemers are too much! Wow! So suddenly, when all of this happens, uh, Jimmy puts on the Bizarro wig, puts on the Beatle outfit, runs out on stage, stands on his head, and goes crazy. Yeah. And while he's doing the thing, he's releasing a bunch of flies for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. Oh, because, nope, I don't know why. (laughs) Um, So, oh, oh, right, right, right. No, no, no. The reason why is because he starts singing, oh, bug me, please, 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 please bug me. Yep, indeed. Bug me. Ick, ick, ick. Bug me. Cool weirdo chick. And then starts swatting at the singing while swatting at the flies saying, get out of here, you dirty, rotten flies. Get out. Go, go, go. Get lost. You bug me. Me bop you, pesky finks. Lovely use of the word finks. So Superman runs in. He's like, this is not supposed to be happening. He's like, what? <laughs> what? Why is? And then he looks and he sees that <laughs> this is Jimmy. That's actually Jimmy. He's like something. He's like, all right. Well, Jimmy's doing something, so I'm gonna let this go. And so Jimmy then says, "Earth fools always dance on floor. Us sensible bizarros dance in air. This I'm called the swing a ding ding. Here, have just have bizarro masks, clods. <laughs> Me got got masks." Me got girl masks in other boxes. And so, and then... And then he... And then he finishes up by smashing his guitar. Yep. Many years before The Who smashed their instruments on stage. Yep. And I wonder... No. I am going to go out on the record and I'm going to say that The Who were big fans of Jimmy Olsen. No. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, Jimmy Olsen is setting a trend... And he is testing out something no, I before think anybody else is saying it. So, uh, but much to Jimmy Olsen's surprise, the girls go crazy for it. And he's the most. He's greater than the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Four Seasons, and the Detergents. Who is the Detergents? I don't know. Who is the Four Seasons? Four Seasons were Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. They were a doo-wop group. Okay. They were, you know, they were legitimate. So do you think they threw in three real bands and a fake band? Or those were all real bands? And I just, and we just don't know about the detergents. Is it the detergents? It is. Yeah. I have never heard of the detergents. I am going to have to look them up. I have never heard ever, ever, ever of the detergents. And I have no idea if they are actually a thing. I would like to think that at this point in my life, I have heard enough of this nonsense to know whether or not the detergents is real. But this might be one of those instances like in Star Trek. So in Star Trek, 
whenever they give an example. Mm-hmm. They name two real things and a non-real thing. Exactly. They'd be like, you know, when they talk about science, like the greatest scientists, like Isaac Newton, um, uh, Carl Sagan, and Flangor of Aton 5. Yeah. So then, so all these girls are coming to the stage and going all gaga over Bizarro Jimmy. And someone going, la-dee-doo, Bizarro Jimmy, we love you. And they give him a kiss, says, you adorable fink. And then everybody puts on their Bizarro masks and starts dancing around. I, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reaction you can come up with. I don't think I need to put up any other reaction. Not that one of them is, like, about to do, like, a full-on gymnastics backflip. Right. Well, he's going to be doing the uh, swing-a-ding-ding. Everybody dances in the air. So, um... Do you want to he- read off some of the things that the teenagers are saying while they're dancing? Ha-ha-dee-ha-ha-hoo! Bippity-dee-foo! Bippity-doo. Bippity-doo! Wowsville! Love that crazy, bizarro beat! Yeah, yeah, yeah! I don't... It is great. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's I can't I don't it's great um, so he goes off stage and then the producer's like this is a great you've done a great thing oh my god this is terrific oh ah it even scares me whatever that means so he's he's like well this didn't work I guess I might as well go back to the daily planet but what he hasn't what he doesn't know is that terror not is that Bizarro Jimmy Olsen, who is disguised as Jimmy Olsen, has gone back to the Daily Planet to do Jimmy Olsen's job. And when Perry White told him to get him a scoop, came back and dumped ice cream on his head. Right. Luckily, he figured out what the deal was and gave Jimmy his job back. But Bizarro Jimmy went back to the Daily Hatray and he's in all kinds of trouble and then gets a big raise and made, uh, made editor-in-chief. And he and Perry White becomes cub reporter. So Jimmy, Jimmy, bizarre Jimmy Olsen, like, oh, Jimmy Olsen, do this to me. Me day get even with making him happy. That teach him lesson. Yep. And then uh, we have Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. Uh, I don't know why that happens. Like what to do. I think there are no real good standout ones. Do you think so? No. Maybe. I think it's all just like, ah, we got you. And then. Right. Uh, then in other way, other places in the Superverse, we have the curse of the Superboy mummy. Ancient Egyptian tomb yields uh, the mummified doubles of Superboy and Long Line with an inscription uh, foretelling death for one of their modern counterparts. Okay. And then uh, we have Adventure Comics. Where Starfinger? Starfinger. Starfinger. The 30th century Goldfinger. Okay. Each of his fingers unleashes an unheard of power. That's weird. He's the most fantastic foe in the legions of superheroes have ever faced for spine-chilling action and an unforgettable climax. Don't miss this issue. And then finally, world's finest, unguessable. Who are the colossal kids? They're stronger than Superman. They're faster than the Flash. They're mightier than the Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes put together. Um, P.S. There's someone. No, there's someone. Um, Superman and Batman now. Right. We don't know who it is. Superman and Batman. All right. So then that brings us to our final story. And so, ladies and gentlemen, coming up to speak is wearing a lovely 
multicolored gown. She's about to take a drink of water. And she is coming up to the microphone, even though the microphone, we use lavaliers and there's really no microphone to go up to. Uh, so here she is. She's getting ready. She's reading over the, the stuff. She's waiting for you to stop talking. And ladies and gentlemen, here she is. L. Plum Roland. How does Jimmy Olsen one day gain the astounding ability to foresee big events before they happen? Yet, though reaping scoop after scoop, Jimmy still finds his prophetic power a big headache in more ways than one. And it is a super headache to Superman when Clark Kent also seems to gain this uncanny gift of prediction. We give you a blow-by-blow account of the amazing, amusing pandemonium created by the Daily Planet Cub reporter in Oracle Olsen's Future Scoops. So we see uh, Jimmy Olsen at the Daily Planet offices. Superman is flying outside the window. And um, Lois Lane and... Perry White are assaulting Jimmy, bashing him in the head. <laughs> Who is as, also right. trying to attempt to knock himself out? And we see the requisite stars and other things that happen, other things that people see when uh, hit in the head. Not birds this time. So Lois is saying, "Remember, Jimmy, you insisted." And Jimmy's saying, "Right, hit me hard. Blows to the head gave me future visions before. Ah, I just discovered uh, three new stars." No. And then Superman says, uh, Jimmy will get a sore head, but no headline out of that still. Jimmy will get permanent brain trauma. How did he achieve those future scoops? Um, so, ladies and gentlemen. They I- broke a marble bust and a porcelain vase over his head. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> as stated in previous episodes, head trauma doesn't give you superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. <laughs> Um, if head trauma causes one thing, more head trauma won't fix it. I would also know. Um, so we do not, uh, uh, the, 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 the members of Superman's other pals do not endorse head trauma as a form of treatment of anything and, uh, won't, it won't then, you know, should you have head trauma, uh, see a physician. Seek medical help. Right. It's not fun to try to deal with it on your own. Exactly. So, uh, Jimmy Olsen is one day walking to the office when suddenly a flower pot hits him in the head. Now, as he gets hit in the head... He sees um, a bunch of... Uh, he sees plane. He sees people trying to steal a plane. Right. It was food, a super fast plane. Right. Okay, so we get back to... Fast plane stealing. Fast plane stealing. But right before we get to that, Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, gets talks to a typesetter whose name is Joe. They just talk for a second, which is weird because we'll never, you know, so as to we never see this character ever again and nothing's important. Don't pay attention to Joe. But Clark tells a story about a little known crime of the Old West. Talks about how balloon bandits uh, snatch gold out of stagecoaches while flying overhead. In a hot air balloon. Did that actually happen? I really doubt it. There's not a lot of control and with also, a hot air balloon. And also, if I were a guy riding a uh, riding a stage, I think I would notice if there was a balloon in the air. That was close <laughs> that was, enough. That was close enough and was lowering some kind of rope. To snatch something, the other guy with me would probably just take his knife and 
cut the rope. Yep. <laughs> I just don't think that that uh, that's a very um, he. They might have been bold, but they weren't bright. <laughs> so he says that he gets this clear vision that crooks are going to try to steal an experimental flying saucer from the jet research hangar at the Metropolis Air Force Base. And uh, Lois is like, what? Are you? Pre- he's predicting now? Come on. This is not going to happen. So Enough weird stuff has happened that I feel like nothing should be completely off the table. Yeah, I don't think... I, don't, I think that at this point, like, both Lois and Jimmy have experienced enough stuff that'd be like, yeah, okay. I'm not going to say... You know, that they should just buy it completely, but they shouldn't dismiss it out of hand. Yeah. You could be like, whoops, this is going to be another one of those crazy adventures. Magic has happened. Right. The Fountain of Youth has happened. Right. They've both time traveled, I'm sure. Jimmy turned into a mindless giant turtle man. Right. He's uh, he's become a werewolf twice. Uh, Dudes with beards formed a villainous secret society. The beard man. <laughs> I will never forget. So after the t-shirt that says, um, after the t-shirt that says, uh, this robot is trained to smash your camera, I should make another t-shirt that talks about the beard band. You, could, you should focus on the first t-shirt first. Yeah. It's about done. Um, so it'll be on, uh, it should be out soon. Uh, we'll t- I'll talk about more about that as it happens. So Jimmy gets to the air, pa- air base when suddenly, without warning, an experimental flying saucer from the jet research hangar is stolen. Shocking. And then Superman, Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, transforms into Superman with powers and ability far beyond those of mortal men. Oh, God. And then... Um, flies after the plane. Flies after the plane. Which is uses, it Mach 5. And uses his... He uses his heat vision to redistribute the circuit so that the autopilot flies them back. Sure, that's how science works. Which is insane. That's not how science works. Maybe it is. We don't know. It's not. So he then gets back and Perry's like, wow, you got lucky. He's like, that's not lucky. Golly, ah, man, I wish I knew what gave me a prophetic vision. And so he retraced his roots yesterday and he's like, hmm. Maybe it was the electronic electric wires. Nope. <laughs> ah, maybe it was some mystical curio shop thing. Nope. And then he's like, then he walks by and then once again gets hit in the head by a flower with pot. With a flower pot. And he's like, <clears throat> oh, right, that. <clears throat> Which is weird because, of course. Why are there two flower right, pots? Who hates Jimmy in that building? <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you. Who keeps buying these flower pots and then putting them in places where they can easily fall out? Exactly. So, but as he gets... How many other people have these flower pots fallen? I don't know. And so Jimmy says he walked this way and boom! And so he gets another vision that talks about how a space satellite will fall from orbit and wreck the Daily Planet building. So he tells Lois and And she's like, like, no. Dah. Bah. And she's like, I'm going up to the roof. She's like, I'll go with you and we'll see. You'll see that it's not that nothing's happening. But and then it is happening. Then it does happen. And Superman shows up. And it turns out that it's a space pod capsule. Right. Satellite. Right. It's a satellite. It's a satellite. And he gives it to basically the space museum. Yep. And so then. <laughs> and he goes back like, to work. I know it is. It's the blow to my head. Everybody, quick. Hit me in the head. I need another scoop. 
So everybody starts bashing him in the head. He bashes himself in the head. No. To the point where he is... First, first, first. Okay. They broke a marble bust hitting him in the head. It might have been plaster. It might have been plaster. They broke a porcelain... See, look, it says, it says, that didn't work. Now you hit me with that hollow plaster bust, Okay, thank God. They hit him with a porcelain vase. They broke it over his head. And then he hits himself in the head. With a baseball bat. Right. So hard that he knocks himself unconscious. Right. And then he wakes up the next day. Or so he gets, he goes, I guess he comes out of the coma. I would like to once again remind everyone of my argument that Jimmy should not be trusted with anything ever. <laughs> it's very true. Um, he can't function. So he's, uh, he, he, so he's like, hey, look what your fans have sent. And so the, all his fans, the Superman, I'm sorry, the Jimmy Olsen fan club sent him a bunch of flowers. And Professor Potter shows in, shows up. And says, Of course, Lex Luthor has a hand in this. Um, he was the one pushing the flowers out of the window. He says, Okay, I think I've got to figure it out. The, pl- the plant that hit you in the head is called the Flora Tibeticus. And the perfume affects your nose and gives you visions. That's what, what's what happens. So at that point... Well, when paired with the head trauma. Right. And so these uh, Flora t- Floria Tibeticuses are actually in the room with Jimmy. And one of them falls. I think... They were sent to him by his fan club. Right. But I think maybe the Flora Tibeticus uh, loves to fall. <laughs> no, I still think it's Lex Luthor. So the, so the plant falls, hits Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, in the head. And so they're like, hey, you got hit in the head. What's your vision? What's your vision? And he's like, uh-oh. I see crooks. Uh, an armored car. They're crashing through the steel sides to loot a million dollars in cash. So he's making all of this up because, you know, he's Superman. Right. Um, And doesn't actually think any of this is going to happen. So now he has to figure out, okay, how do I get this to A, happen, and B, stop it? Right. When Superman then shows up to the police officers and he's like, hey, there's only one armored truck delivery scheduled today and a route past this point. Maybe Clark Kent gave us er, a false alarm. Maybe Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, gave us a false alarm. His clairvoyant sense might not be as strong as Jimmy's. But then the armored truck is like dashing around the corner. Right. And then three guys in masks show up, hack at the sides with a... uh, with a pickaxe. With a pickaxe, and get the get the uh, get the loot out of it. But then Superman shows up and says, "Hey guys, why don't you uh, not do this to me? Why don't you stop this? Because you know I'm Superman." <laughs> they still hit him with a pickaxe. Right. And then the guy's like, "Ha ha! I'll just chop at you with this steel because I hate this pickaxe <laughs> and I want it to break." I don't know why he thought all Maybe of a sudden... Maybe he feels like, at the very least, he put up a fight. Right, he's like, I gotta try. What kind of person am I if I don't at least try to defeat the Invincible God? Did I ever tell you this? There was a comedian, and he talks about... I think it was Robert Wall. Talked about how Superman... Like, you would you would see episodes of Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And the criminals would see Superman, pull out their guns, fire at them, yes. and you just see it bounce off. Bounce, 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 bounce. And then... They would take the gun 
They would throw it at Superman, and Superman would always duck out of the way. He's Superman. He just bounced off the bullets. <laughs> why does he matter whether or not? <laughs> why does he? Why does it matter whether or not he gets hit by a pistol? Aesthetic. I don't know, but he always gets out of the way. It's probably easier to dodge a gun that's thrown at you rather than bullets that are shot at you. Maybe so. Because I know I couldn't dodge a bullet, but I'm great at dodgeball. But. So what you find out is that the leader of the gang is, in fact, Joe, that typesetter. Yep. For some reason. Because he saw that old... Um, he saw that crimes of the past thing and got inspired. And switched out the armored car for a car with wooden walls so that when the people who drove the armored car did the thing, they had a car that was wooden. Right. And so he said, hey, when I had to make a future prediction like Jimmy, I subconsciously used my past crime story, converted into modern terms. Joe read the same story when he said it in type, and his he and his gang used it, making my future prophecy come true. That's a lot of hoops to jump through. Sure, that's plausible. So, Jimmy then goes to the uh goes to a florist shop trying to figure out all the trying to buy every flower pot and every um flora tibeticus he could. But, he but it turns out they all withered and died. And then he says it'll take years for a new crop to bloom. And so uh then Jimmy's like, it's just as well. Dropping pots on my head. To get his future scoop was a big headache anyway. Why be a sore head about it? Because that's funny. Ladies and gentlemen, even if getting hit in the head repeatedly by a flower pot is giving you future visions, one, those are probably hallucinations and you should probably stop. Two, it's giving you brain damage and you should definitely stop. Yes. It's yes. Uh, you gotta say. Um, okay, so then we have our final thing, which is another Tootsie Pop ad. What do you have when you cut a Tootsie Pop in half? And then you have to turn upside down. No, you don't. And say two halves, two halves of the whole Tootsie Pop with chewy, chewy Tootsie Roll inside in six scrumptious flavors. You don't have to turn it upside down. No, I don't. can read it from here. Yeah, I'm actually okay at doing that myself. So, but that brings us to the end of issue 87. I would like to thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like to catch us on social media, it is Superman's Other Pals on Twitter, on Instagram, and I'm sorry, it's Other Pals Pod on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Facebook slash Other Pals Pod. Uh, if you could write a review, if you know somebody who might like this, uh, share it with them. Share one story that you've heard on this show and see if they'd like it. Sure. Sure. Uh, thank you to the Spin Doctors for not suing us. Anything else? Support your local roller derby. Oh. Support your local small businesses. Yes. Support your local small businesses as best as you can. I know that in this time, not a lot of businesses are open, but do what you can. And look out for each other. Sure, why not? Um, until then, this is Gary Rowland. This is Ella Plum Rowland. And we say Superman away. Away!